Top of the day, everyone, and welcome back to episode five of Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Nisha Brown, and this is my beautiful, wonderful best friend and co-host. Who the badass. And today, we are going to be talking about a wonderful, well, we're going to be talking about a crazy-ass story. First of all, did you ever get a chance to watch um, the story of Chris Watts on Netflix? Because it's a whole documentary. Did you ever get a chance to? I did not. Oh, this is great. So I'm going to be taking you along for a ride with everybody else because this story is ridiculous. Usually you do take me for a ride. I am not a horror film fan and not a murder fan like that. I usually, you know, if it ain't got Barney in it, I'm not putting it on. (laughs) Well, before I get to the story, I want to tell you. So a lot of this uh, information can be viewed a lot on, well, the Netflix documentary had very good. uh, It has very good insights. Um, these a lot of these videos are on YouTube, but what makes this story different than a lot of the true crime episodes we're going to talk about? Literally, this whole case is filmed like the whole thing. So everything I'm going to talk about is coming from the body cam of a police officer that reported from there. And this is a very social media, very heavy case because the wife Shannon, her job, yeah, it is pretty recent. It happened out in 2018. Okay. So as I'm talking about this, this is all playing out primarily on Facebook because the wife, um, her job is, you know, very, she did, um, well, I'll get into it, but she did a lot of stuff on social media. So her whole life was on social media, her husband, her kids, she was a family woman, her friends, you know, she did a lot of text messaging. And then this whole thing, they was able to put all the videos and stuff on social media. So at the, on, yeah. So on Netflix, this is called the American family next door. And um, this is the story of Chris Watts. So I'm going to get started. Just so everybody knows, this is this case is so much, it's going to be split into two parts. So I'm going to give it to you this week. And then next week, we're going to be coming back for part two. Oh, man. Man, are you ready for this, Buddha? Uh, yeah, this is going to be heavy. This is going to be heavy. This is going to be very heavy. It's wild. <clears throat> so we're going to take it all the way back to 2002. So in 2002 in North Carolina... Shannon, Shannon, I always mispronounce it. Shannon Watts was Shannon. I'm just going to say Shannon because she wasn't Watts yet. She received a friend request on Facebook. Now, she was just getting out of a divorce and she also was battling um, lupus. So this was something that she was going through. Now, the person that sent her the friend request, his name was Chris Watts. So she ended up accepting it and she was like, well, what the hell? I'm never going to like meet him in person or whatever. You know, he's just my friend on Facebook. Hmm. Now she did say this on a later Facebook video. Cause she always made lives and videos and stuff. And she was like, I just accepted it, whatever. Now fast forward to two years later, November 3rd, 2012, Shanann Watts and Chris get married in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yay. And they lived happily ever after. Of course they did not. <laughs> They did not, or we would not be here. (laughs) See, I didn't get you with that one. See, you're you're picking up, huh? Now, on December 17th, 2012, Chris and Shanann had their first daughter, and she was named Bella Marie Watts. On July 17th, 2015, they had a second daughter named Celeste Catherine Watts, but everybody called her Cece. Now, at this point, they moved to Colorado. Uh, Shanann and Chris, they had gone to Colorado, and she decided that, you know, she wanted to move there. She thought it was beautiful there. It was a great place to raise a Where family. Where were they living at before that? North Carolina. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's, yeah. And they hoped there'd be a little less racism. 
So, so they moved to Colorado and everything. And by the way, these girls, these baby girls was a miracle because again, Shanann had lupus. And so she was having a big fight with lupus and stuff. So the so fact that she was... what does lupus do exactly if it's hindering you from having well, children? Well, from what... It's a... It's, I don't, it's an autoimmune disease. So, so from what I understood, it does break down your immune system. It's, it can be very painful, okay. you know, and stuff like that. I don't know if it stops you from... It doesn't really necessarily stop you from having kids per se, but I know you do have to be on a lot of medications and that could be part of it. Mm. Where you have trouble conceiving, okay, and so yeah, these were miracles that she was actually able to have these babies. Oh, okay, and that's where I read somewhere. Now, in June, now they did go through some financial troubles during this time. It says in June of 2015, the Watts family ended up filing bankruptcy. So between 2015 2018, Chris gained a lot of weight, but then he lost weight. So he kind of became he became a, a real like a guru for health, fitness. So you know he started getting his little six pack on. He started looking like a real snack out there. So and for mm. everybody that knows, Chris Watts is a very attractive white man. He's you know he's one of those you would call him like tall, handsome. You know what I mean? So. Um, so this, and this is very, um, this is very important to the story, which is why. Is, is that? Is yeah, that? Is yeah, the this fact is, that he has a six pack and well, he looks like a snack. <laughs> no, this is, no, I'm saying this is going to be important to the story because you're going to see why a lot of this stuff kind of plays out the way it does. Because he's so sexy. No. <laughs> you got it. So, it led so, to murder. So, so he became super big on fitness, right? So now, towards the end of 2018, he ended up getting a job at, um, as an operator at um, Anadarko Petroleum. So I didn't do a lot of research as far as what that is, but he it, it's basically a really good job that he got. It sounds like you work on a spaceship. Yeah. Like, the, like the, the animadium, the, the metal little rock ball that oh, they yeah. use to power up the, the shit like Star Trek. Yeah, it do it sound sounds like, like he, that's what they do. They align in the fucking crystals and shit in that motherfucker. That's probably so what he, he did. Blast off. Right, because they got back on their feet after this. So, you know what I, I mean? mean? Of course, yeah. one paycheck if you're working on the Star Trek. Hell the yeah. Let me okay. tell you like that, John Luke is cashing people out. So that's what, yeah, so that's what we're saying. He, he worked on a Star Trek. <laughs> now, Shannon started working at Lavelle and nutritionist supplement company. So she became very active on her social media because of this job. So she did like a lot of their promotions, marketings. And on top of that, her new gig had her traveling a lot. So she got to travel on the company dime. So here they are back on their feet, house, mm. you know, a little suburban family, you know, doing that the damn thing out there. Yeah, had good ass finances, you know, at that time, happy family. So Shanann will post a lot of the family, you know. Chris would dress up as Santa multiple times a day. She would post. A sexy Santa? Yeah, sexy Santa. You would see them. She would, she would be like, I think there was one when I seen the, um, and it, this whole, this whole thing is chilling because you know what's about to happen. But there was no, I don't. Well, you don't. But me looking at the Netflix documentary, there was one where I think she was cooking in the kitchen and she was like, "I'm about to make some Italian cookies," and the little girls was playing around and everything. And, and then, someone came out of the cuts and stabbed her in the back no, seventeen times. That's not what happened. You're getting ahead of the story. <laughs> well, that's what you're making it sound so, like, no. like a horror movie. No, because because oh. her husband is like. I'm going to clean the dishes. Like, he's all washing dishes. Like, just a little happy family, but I know what's about to happen. It's about oh. to go. It's about to go down, okay? Okay. Like a Jay-Z song. <laughs> 
So basically her whole life was documented. So everything. Um, so she basically became, was like a multi-level marketing firm. So at this point she needed people to like sign under her that has to be active in social media as well. So it was a big social media thing. And for her job, people like assigning under her and, you know, they would become marketing. So it was like this, you know, big old thing for her job. So that's why she was active, but she was also active on her personal life too. Like she was one of those people that would even put her breakfast on there. So on June 11th of 2018, Shannon surprised Chris on video, of course on Facebook with news that they were pregnant again. So this time they found out they were going to have a little boy and they were going to name him Nico. Okay. Yeah. So now during this time, Nico's a cool name. Yeah, it is a cool name. So now, as she had just came back from San Diego, because remember, she traveled a lot for work. Now, what she did during this time was she took both the little girls on vacation to visit her family and Chris's family. Because remember, they left all their family back in North Carolina. So here was the plan for that. So she was going to stay in North Carolina for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And she was going to split the time so that way the girls could see everybody. Now, Chris had to stay back because he he couldn't get that time off work. But the plan for him was he was going to come on the last week. So she would basically be out there for five weeks. He would come on the sixth week and be out there with them for the the week, right? Okay. So during this trip, you know, they basically they started they had started having problems in their marital problems so this is but this is when family and friends really started hearing I mean, about it yeah i mean they couldn't have been just having that trial problems right now on yeah. the trip yeah no they have been starting to have problems but <laughs> i should say during this trip this is when friends and family started hearing about it because this when she really started complaining to friends and family basically oh. uh, so there was a lot of text messages that she sent back and forth uh to show after this trip to north carolina she said she felt like you know he was kind of pulling away from her and during this entire trip, Chris hadn't reached out or called them since they left. So she would always do the call and she would always do the texting. If he talked to the little girls, it was because she called, you know, mm-hmm. and she was just like, you know, you never call me. You never text me. They really started fighting a lot over text. But when I say fighting, it's Chris was always submissive to her. So she would be the one kind of going in and he'd be like, yeah, I know I need to do better. Yeah, I know I should call, you know, just something like that. So, you know, he was always like submissive. And just so you guys know, Shannon was always kind of like the, I want to say wear the pants of the relationship, although I don't like to say that because I feel like that's a very sexist term, but that's back in the day, that's what you would say. So she was always the one that she was very like the bold one. He was always the submissive one. She was always the take charge one. She was always the one that she wanted to move. So they moved, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now so they were upset well she she was upset he hadn't checked in on the kids they were constantly fighting over text and the um so basically now chris's mom didn't like shannon it was so bad that from what i understand um chris's side of the family did not go to the wedding at all and the reason that chris's mom and family did not like her is because they felt like how she was they felt like you know she took him away from them moving them out of state and all that stuff they felt like she made all the decisions and they kind of just butted heads they didn't like that at all right well that's what i'm saying so because of that his family didn't like her at all now when they on this trip she stayed with her parents of course but she did take the kids to see his parents just so that you know they could see the grandkids and stuff like that however on this trip shannon and chris's mom ended up getting into it from what i understand what happened was 
the little the littlest one Cece had an allergic well it was an allergy to a certain kind of ice cream that she bought um, she hadn't ate it but I think she was allergic to like peanuts and there was a lot of things she was allergic to that this ice cream had in it and so knowing that you know the mom bought that kind of ice cream well Shannon went off on her really bad and was like why would you buy this kind of ice cream you know your granddaughter's allergic it was this big old thing and so the Shannon called Chris all upset and Chris was like he'll talk to his mom you know basically and stuff like that right Mm. so she got mad and was like well my kids are never coming over to your mom's house again she was like you know that was it right I mean it's not like the mom trying to kill him now right like that was a little bit much right so basically during this time they started getting to the more arguments off you know text messages and again he would kind of just say you know you're right I'll do better you know but he still wasn't really communicating with her like that right so it was like he was telling her what she wanted to hear just so she could kind of shut up. So now on July 31st, he did go ahead and fly to New York, uh, to North Carolina for the last week of the trip. So he met them out there. So she picked him up from the airport. He kissed her once and then never again for the rest of the trip. Right. So, <clears throat> so she started venting to her friends, you know, that night she tried to have sex with him and he denied her. He was like, no. So at that time, the sex had even started going downhill. And she didn't know what it was. She didn't know it was because she was pregnant. She wasn't attractive. She just didn't know. Well, I so, mean, it sounds like this guy, and you said, like, telling what she wanted to hear. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, not knowing the uh-huh. interaction so far, but it sounds like he's been a submissive dude and hasn't been able to put his opinion out there and he's about to pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't say just telling what you want to hear. That's just his character, what it is. And she's not listening to him because people who are submissive do be trying to voice things out, but they voice it very softly and placidly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they expect the person who is dominant. I'm just saying, I just, you know, know the, the, the dynamics of submissive and dominance. Mm-hmm. It is actually, you know, an important thing to be aware of is being a dominant person is also you have a responsibility to listen to the person or sometimes even overly listen to a person mm-hmm. when they're submissive. Mm hmm. That, that's just you know a little tidbit there yes absolutely so basically she confronted him because he wouldn't have sex with her and she accused him of cheating she asked is there anybody else in your life you know since he wouldn't give it to her right so he kept saying i love you i'll do better he was like i didn't even realize i had denied you of sex you know what i mean he said i didn't realize that so she told her friends that the last time he acted like that was after their wedding. And it was because he was upset that the family didn't come. So that was the whole thing. And so she was like, I know something is wrong with him. And she was like, well, maybe he's upset because of the whole fight that she had just had with his mom over the ice cream. She didn't know what it was, you know? It's hard to tell with a person like that. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't really know what was I going mean, I on. I mean, I would not be a person like that. I'm just, I would not be with a person like that because that's just frustrating. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it's really a lot of... Like having to pull often. it out, right? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it happens often. Now, after this, the family does come home from North Carolina. They go back to their house in Colorado. Stuff is still really rocky in the relationship. So at this point, she tries to sleep with him again when they get home. And so she's texting her friend the whole time. So he's in the shower and she's like, I just want some so bad. And her friend is like, go for it. Like, you need to just like tackle him, get some, whatever, right? And so he gets out of the shower. He just lays down. He goes to sleep. She ends up crying for like an hour as she texts her friend. And she's like, he just went to sleep. I can't stop crying. Like literally, like she's telling her friend all of this, right? Can I raise my hand? Yes, please. Is there not a point that you may think 
that you're only sharing with your friends and the fucking public. That's what I was thinking. I, you know, and when I read this, I was like, that was a lot of TMI because you literally told him he's in the shower right now. I'm trying to get somebody every move. That's a lot to tell all your friends. Right. And the public, like, are you putting him on the spot now? Like, is he a porn star that he must perform in this moment that you must see? Yeah. Make it look like your shit's going on. You that much. Yeah. Of a narcissist. Well, because now it's making me feel like, so if they would it, then it was you going to text your friend be like, okay, it's good. We just fuck so good. So you going to send her, her that, that uh, eggplant emoji with the wet, wet and all that <laughs> shit? That's what you about to send her? That's... Like, and make it seem like bust and bust, and then you going to put that on social media like, oh, got my pussy beat down this morning, girls. <laughs> click, click. This is the pussy beat down face. <laughs> like, what are we saying? Now, you know, it's funny that you said that without even hearing the story, because that's exactly what I thought. I was like, this was TMI. Yeah, but that's like, what I was saying. That relationship dynamic is interesting. It is. That's and what... listening how this is how this normally be with them. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. This whole thing plays out through text messages, social media. It's crazy. So now, so now, uh, she basically told her friend that she was about to go to sleep too. Now on August 9th, two thousand eighteen, Shannon he- heads to Arizona with her best friend Nicole Atkinson, and this was a work related trip. So, Shanann claimed that her and Chris had talked about things the night before she left, and it went all good. You know what I mean? So, she left him a love letter telling her she can't wait to see him. She apologized for how things had been going with them. She was like, she's grateful for him, and she can't wait to see him when she gets back. So, this was the whole thing that she was going to do. Now, while in Arizona... She didn't do that. She just planned on doing this? No, she did leave the note. Before she left for Arizona, she left the note for him. Okay. And so, now, while in Arizona, Shannon and her best friend found out that Chris's credit card had been charged at a Lazy Dog Cafe. Now, while Shannon was in Arizona, uh, Chris had told her that he had gotten a babysitter for the girls and he was going to go to a baseball game, you know, to keep himself occupied while she was gone. Wait a minute. How does his friends know about his transactions? How does her friends know about his transactions? No, because I guess the, well, what happened was she checked his credit card because a charge came through. And then her... To the fr- friend? No, the charge came through on the credit card, you know, because she's the wife, so she had access to it, and she she shared that with her friend. Oh, she told the yeah, friend. Told I thought the, the friend. friend told her. I thought oh, that's yeah. what you just said. Oh, I'm no. Like, what? No, no, because so her and her friend is in Arizona. Okay. But while she's in Arizona, I guess she checked the credit card statements, and she's seen a charge come through. So her and her friend sitting there talking about it, like, well, why is this charge? He said he's at a baseball game, so why is there a charge that came through for this restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, since he was supposed to be at the baseball game, Shanann was like, okay, something is wrong. So Shanann and Nicole, her friend, ended up checking the menu, right? Because the total on the credit card was like $60. And he had said that he went along because she called him. And she said, hey, like, what's with this credit card charge at a restaurant? He said, well, he had decided to give him something to eat. And then she said, well, what did you buy for $60? And he was like, he bought a meal and he bought a beer, right? And so her and her friend got on the menu, the online menu, and was like, okay, this is how much this would be and this is how much this would be. So that's how he got caught I like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. But here's the thing, though. So I looked that shit up. You can't just tell me something. So that's what, so, so that means that there was somebody else. So basically it was for two people. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Now, depending on, and I'm not sure what the prices was at Lazy Dog, so obviously this was some, because I was like, I've spent $60 on myself before, but I'm a drinker, so I may spend money on the food, but I may have two or three drinks, you know what I mean? So I was like, or four, yeah. Yeah, you be going. I be going, I do. So for me, I'm like, huh, well, $60 for one person doesn't sound unreasonable, but I guess in this case, because he said he had a meal and a beer, then that's why. And midday, too. Right. So no, and and that's why she asked him first. Yeah. What did you eat exactly? Yeah. He said a meal and a beer. Yeah, and a beer. Mm -hmm. So basically, he's caught it. Wasn't that a Whitney Houston song? Because it was a Whitney Houston song that said, if four of you had dinner, then two of you was really cheap. Remember that one? I think it was, it was, it's not right, but it's okay. I remember that as soon as I heard this part, I was like, it's I thought about that. It's not right, yes! but it's okay. I'm gonna make it. Yeah, that's that? some, yeah, I remember, the, there's some songs, I remember the chorus like a mug, yes! but I do not remember the words. But yes, oh I remember gosh. that. Oh my gosh. So okay. they lived through a Whitney Houston song just now. This is a Whitney Houston okay. man. And so basically, Shannon was really hurt because she was like, obviously he was at the restaurant with somebody, he paid for somebody, you know, something is going on. So, now, now we know what we know about this credit card. We're going to back it up a little bit, okay? So, we're going to go to two months earlier, okay? Oh, so, yeah, so I just wanted Traveling to... through time with this. Let's do this. Yeah, I wanted to put this seed in everybody's mind so you could be like, okay, credit card charge, there's another person that he probably paid for dinner. Now, this is two months earlier. Now, what happened was, one day after Shannon posted a long Father's Day video on Facebook about how great of a husband and father Chris was. Chris meets Nicole Kessinger at work. Now, this is not, there's two Nicole, so I don't want anybody to mix it up. Nicole Kessinger is who Chris met at work. And then um, she has a best friend named Nicole who she's in Arizona with. Okay. So, so right now. So this is Nicole Kess and Nicole who's best friend. Yes, Nicole best friend. So okay. now we're talking about so so Chris meets a lady named Nicole Kessinger at work and in July they started a physical relationship and he ended up seeing her three or four times a week. So Chris told Nicole that him and his wife mm-hmm. are in the process of a divorce. So basically when Shannon and the girls was in Arizona, uh, so I say Arizona, Shannon and the girls, when they was in North Carolina visiting the family mm-hmm. for those five weeks, he had actually moved her into the house and they had just lived a little life. You know what I mean? Cause remember he didn't fly out to that. It was, six no, weeks. it was sexy time. Yeah, it, it was, was sexy. no moving for the, having a life. He well, was like, man, it's going to be easy access. I'm about to take some Viagra <laughs> and I'm about to bust this I, I, down I, for 12 <laughs> hours a Well, he day. was a young ass man. So I don't think he needed no Viagra. Yeah, he didn't even need the Viagra. He, he, I'm yeah. Just, he was Sometimes, sometimes you just do it on purpose. But yeah. But I was just saying, because I thought it was old. But if no, he's young, no, this then, is yeah. a young dude. I told oh, you he okay. was a snack. He Girl, was probably like in his... You say, you say a whole lot of different things a snack. No. We'll go down that list later. <laughs> but, but I want to say he was maybe in his early 30s, late 20s. Yeah, I want to say he was... Okay, like, well, yeah. yeah, he still got it then. Yeah, so yeah. it was that move in. It was that, hey, I don't need to go drive and beat this shit up. What we're going to do is fuck. I might go to work a little bit. And we're going to get some food. And that's all I'm about to be doing. Yeah, it's for the whole five weeks. Yeah, it's yep. beating this down. And so, and so now and I, I said... I like, her stuff look like pastrami curtains. <laughs> over there. Let me tell you, he was in there. So now keep in mind what I said about you guys, how... how he wasn't he wasn't texting her, calling her first. You know what I mean. So he would he would respond to her, but remember he wasn't reaching out first, and that's why because he was spending time with Nicole for that five weeks. We don't never put nothing on social media, and that's why he love her. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, he told Nicole that his divorce was final and that they could move in together. 
And this was before he flew out to meet his family on the six weeks. Now, he gave Nicole a love letter right before he left to go fly out to North Carolina with them. Damn. And you know what? I've some sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's cream right there. When you know you're putting it on a cat. What are you writing love letters and he married? Right. Well, you know what? And now, and it was really serious because on August 4th, 2018, Nicole started shopping for wedding dresses online while Chris was in North Carolina with his wife and kids. Now, on August 11th, that's when we come back to the credit card situation. That's when he went to Lazy Dog with Nicole. And then he went back to her house. And then he got back home around 1030. And now, listening to this story, you know how, like, because there's different kinds of cheaters. But you know how, like, some cheaters, they won't want to have sex with you because they feel like, in their mind, they're being loyal to the side person. Mm -hmm. So, that brings back, you know, to where he didn't want to touch his wife. He didn't want to have sex with her because he had been telling Nicole, like, it's just me and you. Like, we're divorced, you know what I'm saying? So, his mind, he had already checked out of his marriage. Mm -hmm. So, that was the whole thing. Now, about two days later, after all this stuff happened, so Chris made sure that, you know, he got home. And two days later, after Shannon got home from Arizona, right? So this was on August 13th. They came back. Shannon's best friend, Nicole, dropped her off at the house in Colorado at around 2 a.m. Because they got a really late flight, right? So this is all can be seen on their doorbell camera. So you see Shannon coming home. She's walking up to her door with her suitcase. And then she kind of put some of her stuff away. She got in bed with him. And then she tried to come on to him again. Now, this time they did have sex, right? They went and had sex. She raped him. <laughs> she was like, fuck this, I'm getting Man, some. man could be raped too. Man, you came back from that long trip and ain't had none. Was arguing with your friend. You wanted to see if he was even doing it. Yeah. To see if he was really going to give you some. Yeah, and they did. They had Especially, And some girls be like, you know what? I know after I ask them this question, this is about to be fucked up. Let me get something for this to happen. Yeah. Let me get my last goodbye. Before something happens, Before right? I sit here and ask him this question and he tell me something stupid and we about to have a fight. Yeah, yeah. It's about to be a divorce after this shit, but let me get my goodbye, my, my goodbye sex. Well, you, you know, that's some of the best sex. Is that yeah, sex. and you're right because it goes down after this. Now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the story. Because you go ask them in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're about to <laughs> like, yeah. you ever think, I've, I've dated a lot of women. You don't think I'm seeing this scenario, you sex me down, and then you ask me a question hella early in the morning with breakfast in your head. Hella early in the morning, yeah. Like, what? What did you say again? Hold up. <laughs> 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 That's when you usually throw the phone away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now, so, of course, she got her good sex and everything. Now, this next part of the story, because this is the last we're going to hear of Shanann ever again. So, this next part of the story is going to come from Chris's, from what Chris says when he confesses to everything that happens. And then we're going to go back, okay? So, <clears throat> so this is around, this is Chris's point of view. Chris says that he woke up for work at around 5 o'clock in the morning, right? So, he then decided to wake Shanann up. He told her that he was having an affair and that their marriage is over at that point after he had just had sex with her the night before. Now, Shannon was confused. She brings up the pregnancy. She said, we're about to have a baby. Why would you do this to me? Now, this is all from Chris's confession because he is going to eventually confess. Spoiler alert. Oh, so that didn't happen. He didn't tell her? No, this is this is all from Chris's confession. His, this, is, his, 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 this is his confession. His this confession. is what he says in his confession. This is what so, he says happened. Yeah, this may not be what happened. The, right. So but that sounds honorable. It, it you is. told her that. Yeah, this is he. He told her, and then what she said at, at, at this point, she said, 
she that he's never going to see the kids ever again. This is what she said. So at that point, he said he just strangled her in the bed to death. He just went ahead and choked her to death. Now, at that point, uh-huh. Bella, the four-year-old, came in and asked what's wrong with the mom. What's wrong with mommy? And he says, oh, she's not feeling good. So he wraps her up in the blanket. He goes outside. He pulls his truck halfway into the garage. And then he places Shannon's body on the back seat floor of the truck, right? So then he goes and back. You're smiling. Let's get this going. <laughs> so then he goes back in the house. Okay, at this point, and then at that point, he grabs four-year-old Bella and three-year-old Cece. He puts them in the back seat of the truck with their blankets, their favorite blankets that they always like to sleep with. And he packs his stuff for work and his lunch and stuff like that. And he then, puts them where they're kicking their mom on the floor. Yeah. Well, he puts them. Yeah. Not. I don't know if he's kicking because remember they're short. They're babies. So she's on the floor. So their feet wouldn't touch the ground yet. They're only four and three. So he puts them in the back seat. So I'm sure their little legs are just kind of like dangling over the body, but they're not like kicking them. So he packs his lunch. He packs his stuff for work, and then he leaves. Right. So when he arrives at the work site, so he works about I want to say 50 minutes away from the house. He then smothers the two girls to death too. God damn. That's what happened, you guys. I just paused to stand her ass down. We may need a time out. Like, wow. Yeah, at that point, that was, man, that's a lot. He hated everything about her. He hated everything. He hated everything. Everything that came from her, he hated. Because I was like, when I seen that, I was like, oh, I didn't know he, I I was like, well, what is he going to do with the little girls, you know? And then they said, I was like, oh, he smothered them too. Like, bro, like, and he probably came calmly as shit because he sounded like he was still driving a speed limit. Mm-hmm. Packed you guys up like, we're going on a camping trip. Yeah, packed the lunch. He's like, hey, day. I just want to make sure your, your seatbelt is adjusted correctly. Give me a goddamn neck. No! Like, oh, it started. Oh, my God. Man. Man, that's all I'm going to say. Now, so now that happens. So now we're gonna back it all. We're gonna back it up too. And he's the type of person that'd be like, "Think of the Rainbow Man." <laughs> as calm think as he this was, this is a happy moment. Yeah, as calm this as he is... was, it was man. Daddy, love you. <laughs> and it's lights out, right? It lights the fuck out when I'm staring you in your eyeball. Now a little bit of drool coming out of his mouth too goes into your eyeball, just as oh you're God. dying. Can you imagine this? Because he's sick in the head at the same time. Oh, it's about to get sicker. Well, I mean... Well, he had a lot of... He, it sounds like he had a lot of disp- despise, like, festering. Yeah. It, this was all, like, festering. Now, keep in mind... So, he's gone. He's taking everybody out, right? And then he just goes to work, like normal, right? So, now, Nicole Atkinson... Remember the friend that dropped her off because they went to Arizona together? Nicole knew that she had dropped her off at like two o'clock. I knew in the her morning. name was Nicole's best friend. You didn't say Atkinson. Yeah, her be- her last yeah, Nicole Atkinson. Nicole Atkinson is the best friend. So, so Shannon had been saying she wasn't feeling good. You know when? So she was like, she had actually made herself a doctor's appointment at nine o'clock in the morning. Nicole about to get choked out. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe. So, actually, that morning, Nicole kept texting Shannon, calling her. She was like, you know, she wanted to know what happened at the doctor's appointment, you know. And so, she was like, she never answered, never returned her text. And that's not like her because they're best friends. They're inseparable. So, she did. The last text she said, she said, I'm going to go to the house and check on you. 
because she knew that remember Shannon suffered from lupus she's pregnant she was like I need to check on her and see Just what's going on just make sure everything's going on he about to be waiting behind the door no he's, remember he's gone He he's at the work site but he's gonna teleport back like Steven Seagal <laughs> you ever notice how he always behind somebody's door Steven Seagal and somebody be uh, running down an alleyway and this nigga pop up right. the door. he like, never runs and none of his boom boom boom, boom. they always give him that cool ass jazzy music yeah. and he go behind some door and pop out another uh, door I'm and like, hit that person with it Ugh! I was like how the hell does he do that right that's what's about to happen. This man, you about to be like, how did he get back to the house? <laughs> now, now, so Nicole does come to the house and she brings her son with her. I think he's like, her son's a teenager or a little bit older. Like I want to say 18, 19 years old. Right. So she knocks on the door. They try everything. And when nobody answers, she calls the police right now, this whole next part of the story. Why would you call the police if nobody answers the door? Because her friend, because she's worried about her friend. Her friend is not texting her back, not calling her back. She was like, something just is not right. And she thought, Lisa, if I don't answer my phone and I don't answer my door, don't just immediately call the police. But you're not pregnant and sick. So, I mean, that's a little bit different. Like she was worried about her friend because she was like, I've, you know and, what? And I'm black friend. in America. Please do call the police. If I don't answer twice, call the goddamn police. Do you oh, hear what I'm saying? Okay. Make, well, just, I would rather have the false alarms yeah. than to have them, nobody sitting here checking up on me. Right. And that, call this, the cops. To me, this is a good friend because a lot of people was like, she's a nosy friend and stuff like that. But this, she's a good friend because I want somebody to, to reach out and help me. Man, like, I want to be even dead within an hour. Maybe they can revive my ass. Mm-hmm. Science is good nowadays. You yeah. might have killed me all the way. Something right. It's like, cause especially nowadays, they say, like, I think the first hour of you men missing is you're more likely to be dead or something like that. Like, call the police. Do Man, something. help me out. Get that call. You know what? Yes, call them. For call real? the cops. I want to be known that there's, like, a cop button around my neck. They'd be like, don't touch that one. <laughs> His ass. There will be cops on your ass. Right. Now, this next part of the story I'm going to tell you, this is the part I was telling you. It all takes place on the cop cam. Because when the police comes out, this whole part is recorded. So, Derek Vanshek, he is the behavior and analysis who watched all the footage from this case. And he's going to describe to you um, everything about, you know, people's movements and the actions and what it meant in this case, right? So, responding to uh, Nicole's 911 call was Officer Scott Conrad. He's the one that had the body cam on him. So, Nicole and her son, Ben, meets them in the driveway. So, you can see, you know, they come out, they meet the officer, you know, shake hands and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, and this is in the driveway of Shannon and Chris's home. I'm not going to act like I'm going to remember all these names, but I am going to act like it, but I'm just going to tell you I'm not. Okay. So, well, it's just, so we have, uh, we have. Police and two people. Yeah, I remember. The, so, we have one police the, officer. The friend and the boy and the, uh, and and the, the son. son and the police officer. Yeah, it's only three people and right Buka now. And check. Well, Vucek, who... Vucek is the guy. He's not here right now. Yeah, he's, yeah later on, he's going to analyze all this footage. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, with you. I know I'm, when I was going on, I'm just bad with names. Yeah, so Nicole, Ben, and then Scott. Now, Nicole tells off the officer the whole story about dropping her off from the airport, her not responding, not showing up for the doctor's office, because she called the doctor's office. They said that she never showed up for her appointment, and she was like, that's not like her, because she's pregnant. She goes to all her appointments, you know? Mm-hmm. So now Officer Scott knocks on the door, calls out Shannon's name, 
and he notices through the window that the house is like spotless it's just immaculate you know for them to have kids everything is just clean you know now the top lock you know how like you go to a hotel and they have that top lock the it's like a not a safety chain but it's like the uh, little it's, black. A, it's like a dead but i know what yeah you're about. So when you turn that bad boy over yeah you nobody gotta break the in. whole door down yeah there. yeah mm-hmm. now that's on so we know that you know so that's that's definitely on so we know that whoever left well, how they get in the house if that was on no that was on so whoever left they didn't leave out of that way that's what made people worry because because it was on as if people was in the house but remember he took her out through the driveway yeah but how did the cops and them get they're inside? not in the house yet they're oh, not they, they yeah tried. they're yeah they're knocking and they're trying to find ways to get in they're looking through windows they're knocking on the door okay and everything like that so we'll get to how he gets in oh okay because that's i thought you said they, they was in and they know okay yeah, I, I missed it. yeah. no it's okay yeah now right now they're just kind of calling out the name um so they kind of they look through the door and they look through the window and that's how they see that that top lock was locked um nicole knew the front door passcode but she couldn't get in um and the garage door opener on the wall didn't work but no one knew that no one but chris knew that so now officer scott starts banging on all the windows the back door he even knocks on the basement window wells at the bottom and then you know he's actually starting to worry too that she's either hurt maybe she passed out because she's pregnant with lupus you know Mm -hmm. so he starts yelling and the thing is, he can't just bust in because this is a welfare check. So he needs Chris's permission because so far there's really, this is just a welfare check. He doesn't have a warrant or anything. There's nothing he can do if nobody lets him in the house, right? Because because of the Fourth Amendment rights. So at that point, Nicole, Nicole had called Chris. Chris was like, oh, I'm at work. I'm 50 minutes away. But he said, um, he said he doesn't know where she is, but he'll head home, you know what I mean, if, if they need him to. So now at this time, a neighbor comes out. That was smart to say he's an hour away. Yeah, he said I'm an hour away because his job really was 50 minutes away. Hmm. Now at this point, they have a neighbor named Nate, right? So he peeks his head out of his back door to find out what's going on. And so the cop asks him, has he seen his neighbor today? Nate says, no, he hasn't. And then the cop said that no one's answering, like no one's seen Shanann at all. So now Ben walks over to the gate and he starts telling Nate everything that was going on and why the police was there, right? So Nicole and the officer called Shannon's mom in North Carolina, who also said, who said that Chris had called her that morning, right? And said Shannon was going to a friend's house. So at that point, it's like, okay, Chris told two different stories because he just told them that he didn't know where she was, but he made sure to call the mom that morning and say, hey, she's going to be going to, you know, a friend's house, you know? So right there, that was kind of like, that was a little suspicious. Right, that's a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't think nothing of it still, you know. And so the officer then called Chris back because all this time is going by. He's, but they wanted to find out exactly where he was because remember he said he was 50 minutes away. At so this they time. did tell him to come back. Yeah, well, he said he offered to come back. He offered to come back. He said, if you need me to, he said, okay, I'll be on my way. So the officer called just to check in to kind of see where he was. And he was like, oh, like he's almost there, right? And so Chris told the officer that maybe she left to take the kids to school, you know, 
but her car was in the driveway. So that wasn't something that was happening. So then Ben goes up to the officer and says that he's suspicious because of all the stories that's been told. And then meanwhile, Chris is acting like, you know, he, he's not acting like his wife is missing. He's just cool, calm, collected every time. Now they've talked to him twice and his tone is just like, yeah, you know, maybe she's here. Like, you know, so that was suspicious because he's not acting worried, you know, or anything mm. like that. So then he told the cop that he was five minutes away at this point. Now, Nate comes over to the house and he goes to Ben and he says that he does have a camera that overlooks their driveway as well and the front of their house because he had one of those um, ring, those cameras outside his house. So then um, Ben tells the cops that, you know, that they, that Nate is willing to, you know, provide his cameras if they need help or anything, right? Wow. Yeah. So this is not gonna go the way he thinks it's gonna go. Right. This is. Did he agree to having Nate to letting Nate show this tape? Who, Chris? Yeah. Oh, Chris isn't here yet. Remember, Chris he said he's five minutes away. He's, now he said he's five minutes away. But uh, Nicole was like, "Wait a minute." She was like, "Cause mind you, he said at first he was so he fifty minutes away. Yeah, he's Th- at this point, yet. yeah, this has been an hour and a half. This has been a while." And he mm-hmm. keeps on kind of stalling. So he's kind of stalling, right? Mm-hmm. But Nate, in the meanwhile, the the neighbor guy, you know, told Ben, he was like, well, if you guys need help, just been a helpful neighbor. Like, he was like, you know, if you need help, I have security cameras on my yard that kind of faces over there a little bit, too. It don't see everything, but it can see people coming and going out of that house. See, this is one of the things that I ask the public, uh-huh. especially the black community. Right. Is, was he snitching? By showing the cops the video of someone else's front yard after you murdered your family? I don't, you know what? I'm going to say this. I don't, because nobody at this point knows Chris murdered his family. Nobody thinks that at this point is to this extent. I think by her being pregnant and kind of missing, the neighbor just thinks he's just been a helpful neighbor. Like, well, we'll see this. Did something happen to her? But he, nobody is suspecting Chris at this so point. So if it's a criminal that's not within your vicinity, a criminal that you do not know. Right. Apparently, because there are criminals that live in different environments. Yeah. And that just seem to be a multitude of people that live in the hood that happen to be criminal backgrounds as well and mm-hmm. have that as an expertise. Right. Then if a criminal comes outside of his, his, his territory and robs from then you, then it is not snitching? You get okay to tell on them too? Right. Well, I don't. Well, I'm saying I don't think that because snitches get snitches. That's bad. But in this case, there, I don't think that the neighbor, the neighbor, don't think he's snitching because he don't think Chris did anything. He's just trying to. You I know. wouldn't say, it, but I'm not saying as a Chris as a oh. person. Oh. Then if you don't believe it's Chris, then you believe it is some sort of burden. Oh, somebody I see what you're saying. You think somebody is, did something? Yes, yeah, somebody right. had to have done something. Yeah. Right. Because even if she's passed out, like the friend thinks she's maybe passed out and pregnant, well, you wouldn't be able to see that from these cameras. So obviously, the neighbor is thinking something happened. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's definitely snitching. I mean, yeah, you're trying to be a good neighbor, but for me personally, I'm not offering up shit. Like, not to say it like that, but... Wow, good guy. So you I mean, not even help the lady next door well, if mean, she gets killed because you don't want to be a Well, snitch. not to say it like that, but I'm just like, I don't know if I'm just gonna... First of all, I don't know if I'm gonna poke my head out and be like, hey, what's going on? If I see the cops next door, like, I just, I'm not that kind of person. This so show should be changed to the illumination of Nisha Brown. <laughs> We learned a lot but about that, your perspective of how far you will and will not help people. But that, I, 
I just doesn't think to me, especially like like if I see cops all the time, I just don't be like, hey. I mean, obviously, maybe it's a good thing that he did, but for I for me, I've just never been like a nosy person. I like see the cops. Oh, put my head back in, and that's it. Going about my day. I don't know. What about you? Like, if you see the cops, I'm next asking door, this: if it was a neighbor that you talked to, and the cops asked to see your video camera because your camera may be able to see their driveway to see what happened to your missing neighbor. Oh, well, if it's a neighbor that I talk to all the time and stuff, and the cops ask for it, yeah, but, I, but it just in general. But I'm saying just in general, though, like, if I just see the cops outside, then I'm not, first thought is not, not to help, help with the investigation. All. I see cops outside all the time, and I just, I don't know, I just don't assert myself in investigations like that. Maybe I should, going forward. No, I'm just like a person this, that, but... uh, you know, I'm the person that definitely looks in tune into what people say of I, things well, from a pers- well, perspective. Well, I don't know. Would you assert yourself in investigation? Um, hmm, well... Once again, I'm a black man in America, so if I said something to them, they'd probably just arrest me. And call yeah, me they probably just think you did it. Right there, like, on the well, fucking spot. Like, like oh. shoot me, put a red rag on my face, oh my saying God. call it a gang shooting, and, and a little bit of cocaine, sprinkle some cocaine <laughs> on me. And then that's it. Don't be like, the stacks of money they're going right? to just... <laughs> like, no, 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 they never, we never have money. That's the funny thing is, we have the drugs, we have guns, we never have money. Oh, you, you never have that? the stacks of cash. You huh? never have yeah. the cash. <laughs> you know, yeah. Somehow, some way, you're a cocaine dealer with no cash. Yeah, because you're just doing all this for <laughs> no reason. Right. That's what <clears throat> they, they keep that. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Is, I, so that's one of the reasons why I, I, it kind of puts me... In a situation where it, it deters me from going ahead and helping, even though I would want to help. Yeah, and I'm it's a, a shame that, that like it's like help. this. But yeah, I, I'm a strong believer that I probably, if I help you, I'm going to end up as a, on some Roswell shit. I'm going to end up being the suspect. Yeah, yeah. And that's but a shame. Rosewood, that, Rosewood, not Roswell. But that's a Rosewood. shame that it's got to be like that, though. You know what I mean? Because it does make people, as we were talking about, remember with the Napoleon Beasley case last week, that's what makes people not want to help people. Yeah. Because they're scared that it's going to come back on them. Then you're going to sit here and arrest me, be like, yo, black nigger boot ass. And yeah, I'm telling you, they would, I, looking at me as I walked up, there's one time I tried to be like, you know how you see white people, they get out and they talk to the cop and everything when they get pulled over and, oh. they, and everything. Bro, I, I tried to get out of my car one time, just, and being polite too, was not being upset, turn the car off, turn it off the wheel. And I was just like, hey, I just want to, I, I said, hey, what's going on, officer? How can I help you guys? And then motherfuckers drew their guns on me. Oh, my gosh. Never get out it of your like, car. It was like, get back in your car. Get back in your fucking car. And oh. I was like, oh. Oh, no. Gosh, they threw, that's terrible. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm not even, oh, oh, don't want to get a shot today. But I just wanted to try it out. It was a social experience. A very, very dangerous social yeah, experience. Yeah, don't do that again. But I do that sometimes. I'm weird like that. I do social experiments. So, basically, okay, so basically at this point, after the neighbor says that, you know, Ben tells the cops that what the neighbor said about the video footage and stuff like that, at this point, Chris finally pulls up. He pulls up in his truck, he parks along the curb, and he gets out of the car in no particular rush at all. He walks around to his truck, and he gets something out of the passenger door, he gets the garage door opener, and he doesn't open the garage yet until he knows he's the first one to go in. So he goes up to the garage, he clicks it, and then he goes, he immediately goes in the garage. He then opens Shanann's car door and he leans in. So we don't know what he's doing, but it seems like he's stalling because he don't want to talk to nobody, right? So the behavior analysis said that usually if someone's wife and kids are missing, they would have run into the house, you know, and started immediately like screaming their name, looking for them, 
but Chris just goes in the house from the garage and he shuts the door behind him really fast. The garage door? The garage door. Doesn't let a cop in? Yeah, he doesn't let the cop or the friends in or or Nicole or Ben in. Now, he's alone in the house for about one minute and 15 seconds before he opens the front door. Like, do they even allow that? I didn't know they even allowed that. That's fine. The privileges of others. Yeah, well, because keep in mind, um, due to the Fourth Amendment rights, if you're just coming out for a welfare check, if you don't have a warrant, if you don't have anything that says the cop absolutely cannot go into the house until you say, come on in. So that's why. So at this point, he's alone in the house for one minute. Then he comes to the front door and opens it for them. Now, based on the body language, Chris did not expect or want anybody to follow him through the garage at all. That's what they were saying. Now, because it's his house, it's his missing wife, and like I said, no one did anything. The officer couldn't go in unless there was probable cause. Because under at this point, Shannon is not even really a missing person. They just think maybe she's sick, passed out somewhere. And you got a, a suspicious friend that's just paranoid. Yeah, exactly. So, Nicole walks over to the officer while she's on the phone with Shannon's mother because the friend calls Shannon's mother back and then she puts the mom on speaker and then the mom says, okay, officer, you can go ahead and go into the house because I give you permission. It's my daughter's house and you can go in the house, right? Wow. So Nicole goes into the house. She goes ahead and goes in the house, but the cop goes to the front door and pauses, right? And he says, Chris, can I please come in? So Chris says, yes, go ahead and come in, right? So... Uh-oh. So, yeah, so then the officer, everybody goes in the house. Yeah, so everybody goes in the house. He goes in the house. The officer starts searching. Chris goes upstairs, and he grabs Shannon's phone to, you know, to give to the officers because the officer, well, the officer asked, well, is her phone here and stuff? Now, he then says, oh, well, maybe she did go somewhere. He said, because the girls' blankets are gone, and they don't go anywhere without their favorite blankets that they sleep with. And so... The analysis, basically. This girl knows way too much about her friend life. That's another thing. But, I mean, thank yeah. you, though. No, Do you that know was, this about my children? No, that you know was, what's my favorite blanket my no, kids No, this was in? Chris that said that. No, this was Chris that said that. Why are you busting himself out? No, because because he's, he's trying, trying to. He's to give a live uh, story yeah, for he, what he's saying, that they probably are gone and yeah, they're all tripping. Because remember, when, when he killed them, he brought the blankets out with them. I mean, so, he wrapped yeah. everybody up snugly yeah. and warm. They all probably laying together hugging like a Jesus picture on a Christmas day. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what they, so the analysis is basically said at this point, Chris is throwing diversion evidence. So he's basically saying, hey, you know, see, she probably did go somewhere because the girl's blankets are gone too. And then she left, but she left her phone there. Now, the whole thing of the matter is the phone is actually off though. So when Nicole looks at the phone, she was like, well, first of all, that's weird because she left her phone here. And most people don't just cut their phones off if they're at home. You know what I mean? So you can see in the video, Nicole starts getting really distraught and worried at that point when she sees the phone there, right? So at that point, the officer, you know, kind of starts asking Chris questions. You know, they're standing at the loft area upstairs that's between the bedrooms. So the officer is asking Chris what time he works, when he leaves. Um, Chris told him the whole story about Shannon got home at around 2 a.m. from Arizona. And then he said at 5 a.m. he left for work. Now, at this point, you know, Nicole asks Chris. That's a whole lot to ask from a cat. You got in at 2 a.m., had to take your jackets off and all that stuff. And you wanted to get the ill not not I will give it to her though. If she's a bad one, she's about to get that nacho shit. <laughs> oh, but I'm just saying oh, yeah, if I'm not trying right. to give it to you and yeah. I'm over here just feeling some type of way, 
Bruh, you know how you just don't have that attraction to yeah. somebody. I don't care how fly they is. When you all, when it's turned off, it's turned off. It's turned off, right? You know. So when you be like, "Bruh, you trying to force me to give it to you at three in the morning?" Yeah, two thirty in the morning, and I got to be up at work in an hour and a half. Right. Like, I, let me tell you something. I hate that shit when it happens before. You ever had? Do you have a? Have your alarm be for six o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Or five o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Mine be for six. Yeah, mine. Yeah. And then. You wake up on your own at like five fifteen. Oh, I hate that because then you're like, if I go back to sleep, I'm gonna oversleep. Right, it's or I'm like, it's gonna be that whack ass. I feel like I just closed my eyes and the shit come back on, so I'm gonna be feeling hella tired. Yeah, you yeah. Oh, I, I hate that. That is I the hate, worst. Right, or, or are you like, if I stay up, I'm gonna feel like I'm just sitting here doing something to make up something to do. Yeah. Or watch or watch the show, which was not so bad. But then you'd be like, I'm gonna really be thinking about sleep the whole rest of the day. Yeah. It's just yeah. going to kind of make you just groggy. Like, you're going to wish you could take a freaking nap. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like one of the worst feelings. So I'm just like, you you hit them at that interruptible moment. I'm not saying that that's why you should, you know, do whatever you did. Like, electrocute a bitch in a, a bathtub. But I'm saying <laughs> that your ass, that, that, when you're not feeling somebody and they doing that to you, bro, that kind of made, that's an antagonizing point. Is all oh, yeah. No, I feel you 100%. He ain't you nothing in a couple months. And that's when you try to get some, it's two in the morning? Two, oh my gosh. That's so irritating. <laughs> now, so basically, at this point, he says that, um, so basically that's when Nicole did ask, you know, Chris, like, hey, can we check the footage from your ring camera, you know, to see if anything is going on, right? And so he says, so then Chris, so she asked Chris that, and Chris just nonchalantly says, well, unless she left out the front door, it wouldn't have caught anything. That's what he said to her, right? So then the cop asked him, well, where does your kids go to school? So he answered, and then he didn't try to call the school, though. So they was like, that's suspicious. Like, don't you want to at least call the school to see if they made it there? Like, what's going on, right? Mm. So now both Chris and Nicole starts pacing. Nicole starts pacing because she's worried about her friend, and Chris starts pacing because he's worried about himself at this point. So... Basically, and this is when something happened that changes the whole freaking case, right? So Ben, Ben was still on the first floor, right? And still looking around downstairs. Well, the neighbor did get his camera foot. He looked at his camera footage and he told Ben. So Ben yelled up to the main floor and the neighbor said that no one drove in or out of the driveway before or after Chris left that morning. They was like, Chris was the, the, you could only see Chris's truck like leaving, Mm -hmm. but nobody came or went. And that's when the whole, everything changed in the room. The whole mood in that whole room just changed, right? So at that point, Nicole looked at the officer and you can see it on the camera. And she was just like, she knows Chris did something to her now at this point. She was like, you can see like her whole face just dropped. Now, Chris didn't hear what Ben yelled up the first time. So he was like, so he started sensing something was wrong by the way everyone was looking at him. And then he goes, what? And then Ben repeated what he had said. So all the doors were locked. And she could have only ran from the garage, basically. You know, they was like, she could have only left from the garage, right? And he was like, okay. So the cop decided to do a test on him, right? So he walked up behind him and he got his radio out. And basically he was just going to call kind of, you know, to give an update on what was going on. 
And you should see when the cops started talking into the radio, Chris turned around so fast. It was like the most fastest he's ever acted in the case because he thought he was calling somebody to arrest him. He turned around <laughs> and then... And he then, starts choking everybody the fuck out. He do some Bruce Lee shit. Oh, like... And starts getting on everybody's ass, just dress style. Yeah, like he... And then after that, when he saw that it was just an update, he goes back to looking at his phone. But the cop already is suspicious now because that was his little test and Chris completely failed it. So Nicole is trying to still. I mean, what did he turn and try and dive on the? No, he didn't. Call, he just kind of the way he turned. He he kind of jumped like you can see in the camera footage. He like turned and he kind of jumped and he looked around like he was so scared. Like you should see the scared look on his face. Um, and so that's why the cop was like, "Yep, something's going on." Right. But then when he saw that he was just calling to give an update, he kind of went back and just started looking back at his phone like he was relieved. But the cop still was also a bit suspicious at that point, right? So Nicole is trying to keep her, you know, her stuff together. She She's like, well, maybe they went to the pool. Do you think maybe they just walked to the pool? And Chris was like, the pool. And so he puts his phone down. He walks in the bedroom. He walks out carrying Shannon's wedding ring on his finger with a blank expression on his face. So the way he's holding the ring, though, you could tell it's like from the body language, he's holding it in a gun shape. Because he's holding it away from him, you know? The ring? The ring. He goes against her ring out. Yeah, it's kind of like, they say it's kind of like, they, they, on the video, he's holding it, I wish everybody could see, but he's holding it like this, but he's trying to, he's holding it like this all the way away from his his body. Yeah. And his, uh, index finger pinched together, away from his body. Away from his body. So the behavior analysis said, that was suspicious as well. Okay. Because it's like, he's trying to, kind of zone out from his marriage at that point. And so the cops just kept asking him questions, you know, and at that point he kind of just looks at the camera like he he's not looking at the camera, but he answers the questions and he gives like a little smile, but it's like a subtle smile. It's not like he's cheesing, but it's a creepy, eerie smile. Girl, you. (laughs) So after that smile, that was just so creepy. And that's where we're going to leave you for part one. Girl, I don't know what a smile looked like, but... You gotta watch the wild. Netflix before we go into part two next week. Just at least watch the Netflix no, documentary. No, I like finding out this way. This okay. fun for me. Yeah, it is. So next week, when we come back to it, we're gonna go over how the lie detector that they gave him, how they finally got the confession out of him, um, his trial, you know, because spoiler alert, he is spending life in prison, but we are going to go into all of that. We're going to go more into Nicole Kessinger, and the reason he did this was to, because he wanted to start his life with Nicole Kessinger. He didn't want, he didn't want to have to pay the child support and all that. He was just done. And so, yeah, we'll go I mean, into all I, that. I saw that coming. Yeah. This actually makes me think of two things mm-hmm. that I'm like, hey, are crucial when thinking about life. One, to get back on the timeline, if you got to get up at five, she came in at two, and she tried to seduce you around three, if you're a guy to keep your shit fly, you get up about two hours before you got to go to work, maybe. And I, I used to get up about an hour, hour and a half, uh-huh. and that's because I'm just average fly. I don't, sometimes the jobs that I be doing, I'll be like, I don't care. Uh-huh. Well, usually I'm getting up and doing that because I don't care because I'm dropping my kids off. Then I come back and get my fly on. Uh-huh. You know, so... If you're so, she was trying to wake you up with some sex. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. That is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to wake me up, sucking on something. You know what I'm saying? It make it makes everything amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm an mm-hmm. earlobe guy. Shit, you can you can you can suck on a nipple and you can not be dismissed. You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I will be enjoying some of that. But um, 
So she wasn't horrible for that, as I look back on it. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. wasn't. And the second thing is, and what I'm saying is, is there a afnump? What is what is it called for? When you, there's the prenump, oh. postnump. Is there a postnump? No, there's no, there's just a prenup. I've never heard of a postnup. What's the postnup? Like we need to invent that. The American needs to invent. You've been married for a couple of years. I want to sign a new contract, bitch. Oh, I see what you're saying. So every few years you sign a new contract. That'd I'm telling you, I'm a strong believer of a renewal of marriage. I'm, I'm, I know this sounds crazy. I know this sounds well, like do do that. they renew their vows. No, right? no, freak the renew the vows. Freak that because <laughs> I'm trying to give us the audience, and I'm trying to not cuss as much because they tell me they expand our audience and oh, all yeah, that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, you know, it, it would do well for us. But freak that. What I'm trying to tell you is there is. What I'm telling you is, no, there should be every four years like a presidency, maybe even eight, if you feel like your your relationship does that great. Y'all come on that agreement where you guys decide if y'all want to still be married anymore. Oh. Every four years, y'all renew it that way. Like, uh, do I still want to be married to you, bro? Yeah. Like, and with no obligations, no shit happen, no hassles, we could just leave each other. But what happens if one person says yes and one person says no? Then y'all How, left each other. Did y'all got to sit here and what? Y'all got to go to the debate of what's in somebody else's. You can't force nobody to be in the shit, right? That's, if somebody says no, it's over. Yeah, it's it's completely over. That's what happens. What happens with a boyfriend and girlfriend? That, that's what's called a stalker. You ain't that ever broken with somebody and they say no. Yes, I yeah. have. I had somebody <laughs> sit here and camp out in front of my freaking house and stuff like that yeah. <laughs> and stalk my friends and trying to figure out where I was having to be because I decided to start moving to a different area. Well, I, I didn't move. I didn't go back to my own place to live mm-hmm. and went to somebody else's house because they were somebody trying to stalk me because they didn't want to sit here and bro- be broke up. So, yeah, it's yeah. not a fun experience on that end. Mm-mm. That's not oh. a cool, like, oh, that turns me on, and that's what I want in a relationship. You can't mm-hmm. just tell me no if I tell you I don't want to be with this anymore. Yeah, because now you're just forcing the situation. Now but, you're a slave driver. But if we did you it you're not going to pay me for this. Well, I do, <laughs> I do think if we did it your way, there probably would be less murders in the world. Like, less, like, couples murder, I'm going to say. Like, right? Because we're going to go over this a lot. This happens a lot. And I was saying, because of the fact that a lot of people feel entangled and trapped about the situation that they're in because they didn't invest into that much of their self into the future. Who can say that some dorky-ass guy who's getting picked on in high school will come up with the fucking thing that's called, with a couple with a search engine that's able to uh, type in anybody's demands to get to anything that they want as a medium between anything on the internet? Mm-hmm. Google, motherfucker. Right. So you see what I'm saying? So you didn't know that you was even going to be a bajillionaire. Nobody even, you yeah. think about it in the 80s, nobody even heard of a billion dollars. Right. Nobody, yeah. So when you tell me that you was in, born in the 80s and that you became a billionaire, that's something that you couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Right. So you don't know what you was going to do. You didn't know what you was going to be. Just have somebody get half of that shit yeah. from something that you made a decision on 40 years before. Yeah, that's not fair. I, I think a lot of the stuff, like we was talking about child support and all that stuff the other day. Like, yeah. remember, I would say, man, they, these... I'm trying, they, yeah. This stuff is getting kind of extreme. I'm a, one of those people that sounds crazy, but I'm a firm, firm, firm believer on there should be a marriage clause. Where, like, every four years, where if you don't resign it, y'all divorced. You guys have to choose to stay together. Oh, yeah, because they, they divorcing somebody, they make that shit hella fucking hard. Like, they make that crazy. Like, that's why, and I'm like, and I'm not saying it's right for anybody to kill anybody, but sometimes people feel like they don't have nowhere to go. And that's what I'm saying, and that should be a post nump. You would yeah. be saving people's lives. Yeah. There should be a certain point where even if I sound like I'm an asshole, Whatever, bitch. Let me tell you right now, and I'm doing that while flipping my collar, people. Whatever. 
if I sit here and be like, hey, my business just blew up, I think I should go ahead and sign a new agreement um, mm-hmm. that up until this point beyond, we will do a two-year span because of the fact that we were together. That is agreeable of it. So two years of this being profitable, yeah. you will sit here and have that as a portion of what you would get if we divorced. Mm-hmm. But however, after this date, then my pro- my my uh, money that I have made is all me. Yeah. Even if we, even if we, I don't care what happened. Yeah. If I cheat on you, whatever the fuck happens, I get all my money because this is a post number. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm not opposed to that at all. I'm not opposed to that because, and especially like in this situation that we'll go over a lot of other situations where, you know, he found like he wanted to be with somebody else and it's like, you feel like you can't move on with your life or start your new life over because you don't know what's going to happen in this life. Bro, because people will take, people will run a hook, line, and sinker and women have a whole lot of the advantage of that, especially in the court system of marriage. So when you get in there as a man, you feel very, very constricted, very terrified about what will happen. And almost all the stories that you ever heard, especially all the ones I have heard, Mm -hmm. no matter what race, the courts fuck you over. (laughs) Man. And then you are the one paying out. Kanye West, who has 50%, I've never even heard of this, who has 50% custody, is paying almost a quarter million dollars a month Damn. Damn. With 50% custody? I've never heard of that ever. That's how much the system is off. Mm -hmm. He has the children. He's taking them just as much as you're taking them, but he has to pay? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where they come up with these, like, crazy numbers. And even, like, somebody that's not as big. Like, I know people, like, just regular working class people pay eight, nine hundred $900 a month. And I'm like, where are you coming up with these numbers? Where are you coming up with these numbers? Where are you coming up with these numbers? (laughs) Yeah. Eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a month sounds like a dream to a lot of guys. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. Yeah. And my whole thing is, is what are you guys doing? If he you? has fifty percent custody, yeah, and he's handing you two hundred thousand dollars, she better never ask for nothing about groceries, no pictures for school, none of that. Be like, because I immediately I'd I'd call out not just you, female. I would call out the court system <laughs> because that something's apparently wrong with you guys' mathematics. Not saying that she needs more, because my whole thing is, what is a child doing that's taking two hundred thousand? Please show me the receipts. Yeah, well, it's... to where it is the proof that two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand wasn't it enough? Because a lot of people that are even considered lower income, middle class. This is the culture yeah. of a lot of people that are middle class, even in California, one of the wealthiest states in the goddamn country, ain't making that a year as a single or double person. You yeah, see what I'm saying? As yeah. a couple, ain't making two hundred thousand. So you telling me that your children needed more and somehow spending more in that time span than a motherfuckers do in a whole year as a family? Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but they are the Kardashians, though. They, they, but they what, are they, what are the children? That's what I'm saying. What as the, the family, ch- yes, yeah. but some minorities under 18, <laughs> what are your expenses that much that is over 200000 I don't know. Because she has 40, that's 50,000 kids. What are they doing per month? I don't know. You see, as, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> as you being the person delegating all this, because they can't sign off on shit. They can't even get a fucking video on a YouTube without your consent. <laughs> so what is it that you put as an expense that you quote unquote saying they must have that is 200,000 that is more than whole families live on? Uh, you know, I do not know. Oh my God! That's what I'm saying. Now, now we're coming to extremes. <laughs> so is this why? 
bad. I say we're saying murder is great, but is this why in divorces some people do get murdered? This is why you guys almost push people to thinking things like that. That's what I'm saying, is they push people to having that as an option. Yeah, because this isn't even the first time. Like, I think there was a football player, like, some years ago. That I think that's where OJ started yeah. from. Let's be real. No, there was no, not, well, but there was another, I think he killed his nine-month-old baby because he didn't want to pay child support. It's like, it's always over the child support sometimes. And it's like, it's just extreme. Not saying that you should take care of your kids. That's not what I'm saying at all. But we should also put it something in place to where, because you're making it to where people can't even take care of themselves. You know, obviously we're not talking about like super rich people, but you know, like if you're middle class or you're like poor and you're having a shout out a thousand dollars a month and stuff like that, and you can barely live yourself. Like that's the not part is, is a double statistic <clears throat> because I, feel like that's what kind of drove uh, somebody like old dirty bastard to lose his motivation and then later on his body deteriorates and he dies but oh, is that, that when you have ODB had like 50 children I, I, well he didn't have, he almost had as many kids as DMX though oh. but what I'm saying is is that you are a person who when it's put so much on you in some extremes, because if you was living, this is the coldest part, is they're charging you way more than if you was actually there. If oh, you was I there with saying. your 12 kids, yeah, you wouldn't be paying all this. Maybe living off what you give them. If yeah. you had five beans to give them to eat, then you'd be having five beans, and y'all wouldn't be just calling the cops on his ass. Yeah. Like, this is what I can afford to buy. Yeah. Y'all need to raise wages or some shit. You know what I'm saying? You could, what, yeah. you chop off his nuts after that point? Yeah. Then, then you guys would come to a different resolution yeah. of what would, be pro- what would be probable of what needs to happen for, for propagating for a person. You know, like... Yeah. So the, if you're saying it, then there needs to be some type of regulation. The point that I'm saying is... It goes on both sides is not only does it drive a person who wants to sit here and be malicious and murder because of the fact that they feel they feel like they can't get out. A good amount of people just kill themselves. And there's a lot of oh, those statistics, too, where there's guys that shoot themselves in the fucking head. Because it's too much. It's too much. That they know they're going to lose. Yeah. Damn. That is really, this, this, this one's kind of like heavy, isn't it? It's, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm glad we did you. this one, though. And as, it been a, I'm, I'm, as being a person that I've dated some girls, and I've sat here and smiled to myself, being aware that I'm not married to them. Yeah. Like, for real, for no, there real. Was because one I've seen that you some spiteful females, and I've seen some very intelligent women, yeah. and women are very intelligent, and men, y'all better take that as a real warning. Don't you play, don't you slip up. Don't you, don't you think that some female, and, not, and they're very good at playing dumb, and that's one of the best cards that you can do like a lumbo and making somebody to sit here and put themselves in a situation mm-hmm. where there are some extremely intelligent women that got their plan set out on their ass. Mm. Where you will be put in a situation where she controlled this and used that system against you, and you was really just a good, good, good guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you are handcuffed by this system where all she could do is just take half your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing you could do about it either. There's nothing you could do about it. If the system's on, you have a kid with them, you're paying this, that's it, it doesn't matter, you know. And it's very much in their favor where it, it, it is scary. There's, like I said, there's a good amount of females where I was just like, I thank God, bro, I'm never going to marry you. And I, some, of the, some of them I slipped up and said it out loud. I was just that happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to marry you. I'm just like, you know that now. Oh like, my what? God. I'm like, bro, I mean, I love you, girl. I mean, we can keep fucking if you want to, but I'm never going to marry you. Oh, my God. Because I could see it in you that you will run me through. 
And I don't need it. And I can't handle it. Well, this was a really good show. I'm looking forward to part two next week. Girl. Girl, I I can see what's coming. I ain't never seen this shit, but I can see it coming. He's trying to kill everybody. Yes, part two he of the go, Chris. He's going to try and go Goku style. First, he's going to take down the cop that's sitting here on the patio. Then he's going to dive in the room and then drop kick the the, the friend because her bitch ass was sitting there calling. The son going to try and come up and he's going to throw the phone at his ass on <laughs> fiction shit and get in there. I can see this coming. Well, we'll see. So next week, episode two, everybody. And if you can follow us, please follow the Hot Garbage Show on Instagram. Take care and watch your back out there.